0: Without further ado, here is your earnings call.
1: Thank you for standing by. This is the conference operator. Welcome to the Lululemon Athletica, Inc. fourth quarter and year-end 2018 conference call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. Analysts who wish to join the question queue may press star 1 on their telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star 0. I would now like to turn the conference over to Howard Tubin, Vice President, Investor Relations for Lululemon Athletica, Inc. Please go ahead.
2: Thank you and good afternoon. Welcome to Lululemon's fourth quarter earnings conference call. Joining me today to talk about our results are Calvin McDonald, CEO. Stuart Hazelden, COO, and PJ Guido, CFO. Before we get started, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that our remarks today will include forward-looking statements reflecting management's current forecast of certain aspects of Lululemon's future. These statements are based on current information, which we have assessed, but which by its nature is dynamic and subject to rapid and even abrupt changes. Actual results may differ materially from those contained in or implied by these forward-looking statements due to risks and uncertainties associated with our business, including those we have disclosed in our most recent filings with the SEC, including our annual report on Form 10-K and our quarterly reports on Form 10-Q. Any forward-looking statements that we make on this call are based on assumptions as of today, and we expressly disclaim any obligation or undertaking to update or revise any of these statements as a result of new information or future events. During this call, we will present both GAAP and non-GAAP financial measures. A Reconciliation of GAAP to non-GAAP measures is included in our annual report on Form 10-K and in today's earnings press release. The press release and accompanying report on Form 10-K are available under the investor section of our website, www.lululemon.com. Before we begin the call, I'd like to remind our investors to visit our investor site, where you'll find a summary of our key financial operating statistics for the fourth quarter, as well as our quarterly infographic. Today's call is scheduled for one hour, so please limit yourself to one question at a time to give others the opportunity to have their questions addressed. And now I'd like to turn the call over to Calvin. Thank you, Howard,
3: and welcome everyone to the fourth quarter earnings call. It was another successful quarter for Lululemon, as the momentum in our business remains strong. In fact, these results cap off one of the strongest years ever for the company. The leadership team is focused on leveraging the significant opportunities in front of us both over the course of 2019 and in the coming years. And before going any further, I want to take a moment to express our sincere gratitude to our teams around the world. It is our educators, our store teams and our local brand and community partners around the globe who create that special connection with our guests day in and day out. Turning to our fourth quarter results, we are pleased with how the organization executed exceptionally well over the holiday season. Our preparation and planning allowed us to deliver another quarter of robust performance. And looking at the full year, the results were equally impressive. Our 2018 results demonstrate the strength of Lululemon today as we enter the next phase of our growth. Our compelling product assortment, retail experience, and community-based brand activations continue to resonate strongly with our guests. Our strategic investments in the business to support our digital expansion and supply chain improvements delivered impressively on both our top and bottom line. All of this, combined with our significant growth outside North America, allowed us to achieve a high level of results for our employees and shareholders. Looking now at 2019, we are focused on building upon our momentum as we pursue many opportunities on the near-term horizon. Starting with product, we will continue to deliver the newest technical product innovations that Lululemon is built upon. We will leverage our strength and success in our core categories, while we also continue to expand and test into new areas where we see category expansion opportunities. In women's, we will expand many high-performing product categories that have driven considerable success, including office travel commute, outerwear, and our bra assortment. And, of course, we'll continue to innovate and be an industry leader in yoga. Men's is one of our largest and most exciting areas of future growth both for our current and new guests going forward. We recently launched two styles of boxers, and this spring we'll expand our fast and free franchise into men's as we further leverage Nulux to offer men a new solution for warm weather runs. And we remain excited about self-care, given the strong guest response to our test. We believe this category holds great opportunity for us and is a natural extension for our brand. We continue to attract and acquire new guests while building greater share of wallet with our highly engaged existing guests. And we see many ways to create unique experiences for all of our guests to help them achieve their goals of living the sweat life. Our bottoms category continues to perform exceedingly well and has proven to be a strong acquisition point into our brand for both women and men. Our upcoming run campaign builds nicely upon the strength of our brand activations in the past year, and will enable us to develop deeper relationships with existing guests to expand this important category. And we continue to be excited by the potential that our loyalty program holds for our brand. Our first members only event in Edmonton was a huge success and we are thrilled with the overall response to the program in this market. We also recently launched the membership test in Denver and will expand the test to an additional city in the United States in the coming months. When looking at our digital ecosystem, we are still in the early stages of our development with so much potential ahead. We've just begun speaking to our guests in a more personalized way, but we are ready to accelerate our capabilities in this area in the coming quarters. We also have additional opportunities to improve the experience our guests have by continuing to enhance our search, navigation, and checkout functionality. And we can also improve the way we use our sites for brand storytelling to drive guest engagement internationally we are particularly excited to be able to expand our digital reach this year as we launch local market sites in japan france and germany in addition to our digital growth opportunities we will continue to strategically expand our store fleet in square footage as we open more stores in new and existing markets continue the co-located remodel program build upon the success of our seasonal store strategy and also test some exciting new store formats that create unique experiences for our guests. Finally, we see significant potential for our brand outside of North America and we will continue to build upon our recent momentum. China is an area of focus and significant opportunity for us. We are seeing strong success across this market and are pleased to see more and more people living the sweat life and engaging with our brand. We will accelerate the pace of new store openings and continue to connect with our guests through local community events and brand activations. We will also build upon the strength in our digital channel as we see a pathway for this segment to represent 50% of our business in the years to come. In Europe, we will leverage the city-by-city expansion strategy as we add new markets, such as opening our first store in Amsterdam two weeks ago. We look forward to sharing more of our international strategy during our analyst day next month, which I will describe in just a moment. These are just some of the many areas where we see growth opportunities in the year ahead and beyond. To deliver on these strategies, I'm excited to share that we recently expanded the responsibilities for members of our senior team. The evolved structure builds upon the successful track record of our existing leaders and creates an organization designed for speed, product and category development while focused on guest innovation and global scale. Key elements of our new structure include, Stuart Hazleton will now oversee our international business in addition to continuing to serve as our Chief Operating Officer. Celeste Burgoyne will now drive global guest innovation for Lululemon while also leading an expanded Americas organization that brings together all of our in-store community and Omni experiences. Sun Che continues to serve as our Chief Product Officer and several other senior leaders, including Tom Waller, our head of Whitespace, and PJ Guido, our chief financial officer, will report to me. In addition, we're creating a new role and function to support and enhance our brand positioning around the world. We've begun an external search for a chief brand officer to lead several areas, including branding, events, partnerships, social impact, and sustainability. All of us on the leadership team are energized about our performance in 2018, the opportunities ahead, and our outlook for the next five years. The team has executed extremely well on our 2020 plan, achieving several milestones ahead of schedule. It's now an ideal time to outline our vision and growth plans for the next five years. To provide further insights, we look forward to hosting an analyst day in New York next month where we will talk further about our plans and ambitions. In closing, I'm proud to say that we entered 2019 with great momentum and an energized team ready to begin this exciting next chapter in the Lululemon growth story. And with that, I'll hand it over to Stuart.
4: Thanks, Calvin. Let me also congratulate our store teams, as well as our SSE, GEC, and DC teams around the world for enabling the strong results we're reporting today. Without their passion and enthusiasm, none of this would be possible. In Q4, strong guest response to our holiday merchandise assortment coupled with our ability to leverage the strategic investments we've been making in the business drove another strong result. The trends we've seen all year in traffic, guest engagement, and product margin continued and contributed to our nearly 40% increase in adjusted EPS in the quarter. I'm also proud to report that we achieved three of our 2020 financial targets in 2018, two years ahead of schedule. We reported an operating margin of 21.5%, a gross margin of just over 55%, and our e-commerce penetration reached 26%. These levels are all at or above the targets we set for 2020 and were made possible by our investments over the last three years in supply chain, technology, and innovation. 2018 has clearly been an inflection point for our business in both top and bottom line. And we continue to see clear opportunities to expand on this story by building stronger systems and platforms in supply chain, IT infrastructure, Omni capabilities, digital commerce, and product development capabilities. This sets us on a new course for 2019 and beyond that we are all excited for. I'll now offer some details on our Q4 performance. Comps increased a better-than-expected 17% as our traffic remained strong in the quarter. Gross margin expanded 110 basis points, partially offset by planned increases in SG&A as we continue to lean into growth-driving investments in Q4. These investments included omnichannel and digital capabilities to position us well for 2019 and drive our future growth. Operating margin grew 60 basis points versus adjusted operating margin last year and reached 28.4%. In addition, our guest engagement remains high as we continue to drive strong results in both new guest acquisition and our email list, with increases of nearly 30% and 70% respectively. What's equally exciting are the increases we're also seeing from our existing guests. In Q4, we experienced a 40% increase in transactions by repeat guests. Let me now turn to some highlights on the quarter. Product remains the foundation from which our success is built and our offering in Q4 continue to be a standout. We saw ongoing strength in both men's and women's bottoms which comped up 28% and 21% respectively. Our expanded outerwear offering also performed well with strong guest demand for our new cold weather styles. We also had success in our collaboration with SoulCycle in January. I'm particularly pleased with the strength here as it helped us drive full price sales in a month that is generally thought to be used for clearance at most other retailers. Shifting gears to digital, traffic to our sites grew over 30% in Q4 while conversion increased in the low single digit range. We partnered with Strava as we leveraged our online and physical ecosystems with the third annual 4080 challenge. This year we had over 200,000 runners join, representing a 90% increase versus last year. This was the largest run event by a brand ever hosted on Strava and we're excited that with nearly 100,000 members, we are the largest run community on the app. Finally, our international business also saw strong performance in Q4. Market growth in Asia was over 70% and Europe grew nearly 60%. In China, e-commerce continues to be particularly robust, generating an increase of over 140% in Q4 and over 150% for the full year. I'm also excited to report that we opened our first stores in Osaka and Macau during Q4, and also opened our first ever airport location in Hong Kong. All delivering strong results as we extend our brand awareness in these regions. And in Europe, we opened an exciting new store in the Mitte district of Berlin, and as Calvin mentioned, we recently opened our first store in Amsterdam. We're excited to see accelerating trends now in Europe as our brand awareness levels continue to increase. Normally, I'd now share with you our opportunities and initiatives within infrastructure, technology, and supply chain. However, I'm going to save that discussion for our analyst day. What I would like to express to our investors is the excitement and enthusiasm I have for my new challenge of leading the international business. As Calvin detailed for you earlier, I'll continue as COO, but will now bring my lens of operational excellence to our businesses in Asia Pacific and Europe. I've been working closely with the leaders in these regions for the last few years, and I look forward to helping them grow their businesses and achieve the full potential of the Lululemon brand outside of North America. Let me now hand it over to PJ.
5: Thanks, Stuart. Our momentum continued in Q4, and we finished up the year delivering very strong financial performance. Before I provide highlights on Q4 and our guidance outlook, I will refer you to the financial supplement posted on our investor site for additional details. I'd also note that 2018 was a 53-week year for us. For Q4, total net revenue rose 26% to $1.17 billion, driven by strong execution across all parts of the business. In our store channel, we delivered a 7% constant dollar comp store sales increase on top of a 1% increase in Q4 of last year. Square footage increased 13% versus last year, driven by the addition of 36 net new Lululemon stores since Q4 of 2017. During the quarter, we opened 14 net new stores and completed nine co-located remodels. In our digital channel, we saw the strongest traffic of the year, which resulted in a 39% constant dollar comp increase on top of a very strong 42% increase last year. For the quarter, ecom contributed 344 million of top line, reaching close to 30% of total revenue. For the full year, as Stuart mentioned, ecom penetration was 26%, and I'd add that the impact of foreign exchange decreased revenues by 14.7 million in the quarter. Gross profit for the fourth quarter was 668.6 million or 57.3% of net revenue compared to an adjusted 56.2% of net revenue in Q4 2017. The gross profit rate in Q4 increased 110 basis points versus adjusted gross margin last year and was driven primarily by the following. A 170 basis point increase in overall product margin resulting from lower product costs, favorability in product mix, and lower markdowns. We are pleased with the product margin strength we continue to realize on top of the strong gains over the last several years. We leverage occupancy and depreciation expense by 20 basis points while product and supply team costs increased by 50 basis points given investment in supply chain and product development. We also saw 30 basis points of unfavorable impact from foreign exchange. Moving down the P&L, SG&A expenses were 337.2 million or 28.9% of net revenue compared to 28.4% of net revenue for the same period last year. In Q4, we continued to use the strength in our business to invest in strategies and initiatives that fuel current and long-term growth. These investments included digital marketing and seasonal store openings to drive guest acquisition and build brand awareness as well as expanded testing for longer-term growth initiatives, including loyalty and self-care. Foreign exchange, both revaluation and translation, leveraged by 70 basis points in Q4. Operating income for the quarter was approximately $331 million, or 28.4% of net revenue, compared to an adjusted 27.8% of net revenue in Q4 2017. Tax expense for the quarter was $115.8 million or 34.6% of pre-tax earnings compared to an effective tax rate of 53.5% a year ago. As we finalized our prior year state tax returns and interpreted ongoing guidance, we incurred an incremental tax expense of $2.3 million or $0.02 per share related to the one-time transition tax that was enacted as part of U.S. tax reform. We also incurred a tax expense of $23.7 million, or 18 cents per share, related to the repatriation of $780 million of cash from our Canadian subsidiary to our U.S. parent. Excluding these charges, the adjusted effective tax rate for Q4 was 26.9% compared to an adjusted effective tax rate of 30.6% in Q4 last year. The decrease in our adjusted effective tax rate relative to our prior guidance relates primarily to a change in recent tax legislation that will allow us to benefit from certain foreign tax credits that were previously not available to us. This change contributed to the reduction in our adjusted effective tax rate for 2018 to 28% and benefited EPS in Q4 by approximately $0.07. We expect our tax rate for 2019 to remain at approximately 28%. Net income for the quarter was approximately $218 million or $1.65 per diluted share, compared to earnings per diluted share of $0.88 for the first fourth quarter of 2017. Excluding discrete tax items and Aviva restructuring costs, adjusted EPS in Q4 2018 was $1.85 versus adjusted EPS of $1.33 in Q4 2017. Capital expenditures were approximately 69 million for the quarter compared to approximately 51 million in the fourth quarter last year. The increase relates primarily to store capital for both new locations and renovations and IT and supply chain investment. Turning to our balance sheet highlights, we ended the quarter with 881 million in cash and cash equivalents. Inventory grew 23% and was 405 million at the end of Q4. We repurchased 1.5 million shares during the quarter at an average price of $121. This repurchase activity substantially completed our $600 million authorization put in place earlier in 2018. Coming into 2019, our board has authorized a new $500 million share repurchase plan. We believe that repurchasing our shares is an efficient an effective way to return excess cash to shareholders and will continue to be opportunistic with our repurchase activity. Turning now to our outlook. For Q1, we expect revenues to be in the range of 740 to 750 million. This is based on a comparable sales percentage increase in the low double digits on a constant dollar basis compared to the first quarter of 2018. This also assumes 12 new store openings in the quarter. We expect gross margin to expand modestly versus Q1 of last year. Although we are anniversarying strong increases in product margin, we are still focused on further gross margin expansion through incremental reduction in average unit cost driven by ongoing supply chain initiatives and scale efficiencies. We expect the SG&A rate in Q1 to be flat to up modestly as we continue to invest in growth drivers for our business that fuel top line momentum. Assuming a tax rate of 28% and approximately 132 million diluted weighted average shares outstanding, we expect diluted earnings per share in the first quarter to be in the range of 68 to 70 cents versus EPS of 55 cents a year ago. For the full year 2019, we expect revenue to be in the range of 3.7 to 3.74 billion. This is based on a comparable sales percentage increase in the low double digits on a constant dollar basis. We expect to open approximately 40 to 50 company operated stores in 2019. This includes 25 to 30 stores in our international markets and represents a square footage increase in the mid teens range. We expect gross margin for the year to expand modestly, primarily driven by continued product margin improvement and leverage on occupancy and other fixed costs. We expect SG&A for the full year to leverage modestly. We expect our fiscal year 2019 diluted earnings per share to be in the range of $4.48 to $4.55. Our EPS guidance is based on 132 million diluted weighted average shares outstanding for the year. We expect our adjusted effective tax rate to be approximately 28% in 2019. We have assumed the Canadian dollar at 75 cents to the US dollar for 2019, as well as Q1. We expect capital expenditures to be approximately 265 to 275 million for the fiscal year 2019. The increase versus 2018 reflects a ramp-up of our store renovation and relocation program, new store openings, technology investments, and other general corporate infrastructure projects. In closing, we remain excited with the momentum we're seeing in the business as we enter 2019, and I look forward to seeing many of you in New York at our Analyst Day. And with that, let's open the call for questions. Operator?
1: Certainly. We will now begin the question and answer session. Analysts who wish to join the question queue may press star one on their telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star two. We will pause for a moment as callers join the queue. Our first question comes from Matthew Boss with J.P. Morgan. Please go ahead.
2: Great, thanks. This is Steve on for Matt. Congrats on the strong results, and thanks for taking our question. First question just on product. You've seen amazing strength in the Bottoms business in 2018. Do you think that category can continue to be a significant driver of growth in 2019, or do you see some other focus areas for, for product growth in 2019? Then, just secondly, on SG&A, so understand the the cadence there in the first quarter, and then versus the full year guide. But um, how should we think about the second quarter through the fourth quarter, just on the uh, on the leverage line?
3: Great, thanks, Steve. I'll take the question on product, and um, and then uh, PJ will will take your question on uh, SG&A. Um, we see uh, a uh, a wonderful uh, path forward for our. Uh, product, both in our core, as well as our ability to continue to expand the categories that, uh, that we're offering our guests. Our bottom business, not only is our number one uh, category for acquiring new guests, which are continuing to help drive and fuel that, but it's also an area in which we continue to innovate both across men's and women's. Um, so we remain very um, encouraged with the continual performance of the business. Uh, in 2018 and moving into 2019, as well as our ability to expand upon uh, categories across all of our guests, existing and new, and that be into OTC, outerwear, bras, um, and into men's and the other categories, self-care and run, just to name a few that I mentioned. So uh, very encouraged with how our categories are performing as well as um, into 2019, both on innovation, and, uh, Nunes.
5: and see, so on the sg question, you know, so just to, just to start, you know, we've committed to and, de- and delivered SGNA leverage for the year, uh, and imp- improving profitability is part of our ongoing objective, and that's reflected in our guidance. You know, that said, we've been using good performance, you know, during the course of the year to find pockets to invest uh, in long-term sustainable growth, and it's working. We're seeing results there. Specifically during the quarter, we invested more in digital marketing uh, that was focused more on guest acquisition, and as mentioned earlier, we saw our our new guest uh, acquisition up 30% for the quarter. Uh, We also expanded our testing in new growth vehicles, such as loyalty and self-care. Uh, and we also continue to operate a higher level of seasonal stores, which is a great way to also acquire new guests and build brand awa- and build brand awareness. It's also a low risk way to test markets um, for uh, you know the eventual you know potential conversion to a full line store, and we've done several of those as well. So if not, you know for these discretionary strategic investments, we would have seen sgNA you know flat or even even leveraging.
6: Great, thanks. Best of luck in the year.
1: Our next question is from Alexander Walvis with Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead.
2: Hi there. Thanks so much for taking the question. Um, My question's on um, what the biggest drivers are of your confidence in that double-digit comp guide
7: for 2019. You went into some color in response to uh, the last question
4: on, you know, some of the categories that are expected to drive that growth. Um, I wonder if you could share some thoughts on how the growth's expected to split between, you know, stores and e-commerce or anything you can share um, on on ticket and traffic um, or any other drivers of confidence there. Thank you.
5: Well, Alex said, PJ, I'll start off just with you know, you know, traffic has has been the key driver, you know, throughout 2018, and we expect you know that momentum has carried over. It always starts with great product and assortment, um, you know, as mentioned. But then we support and fuel that with physical engagement with our guest, you know, through our guest educators, through community events, our network of over 2,000 ambassadors. You know, then there's the the online dialogue where we drive traffic both online and in-store, you know, through our digital marketing programs and I think, you know, email is is a great example of that. Um, we saw higher traffic in Q4, higher traffic in Q4 than at any other point in the year. And, you know, as I mentioned, we, we see that carrying over into 2019. Online traffic, you know, also uh, a key driver of, of e-com performance, you know, was, was the the big component, but we've also seen big gains in conversion as a result of of continuing enhancements uh, to our website, which which we'll continue to make. Um, So, you know, again, coming into 2019, you know, we'll we'll continue to fuel traffic, but we'll also invest to improve uh, conversion, both online and in-store.
2: Great. And then you mentioned in your comments there that you were excited about self-care following some of the tests in that category.
7: Anything
4: more you can share with us for what's next there?
3: Um, Other than that, uh, we were happy with the test results, and we're excited to share more on our plans around self-care as well as some additional categories on our analyst day with you.
4: Fantastic. Thank you and all of us.
1: Our next question is from Matt McLean, Talk with Barclays. Please go ahead.
7: Hi. Yes. uh, Good afternoon, everyone. Um, Following up on the seasonal stores. Just wondering, you, you launched you opened two times the amount this year versus last year and I was wondering if you give us any insight into um the range of outcomes that you experienced and maybe the the surprises that you had versus maybe um in terms of positive surprises or negative surprises from from opening that many stores. I'm just trying to get a little bit more color as you advance down that that channel. Thanks
5: yeah hey hey Matt, it's PJ. well, I mean the positive surprise is obviously the new guest acquisition that um, you know we're able to measure and you know we're so we're really excited about about seeing that. Uh, the other positive surprise again, I mentioned you know seasonal stores are a great way to to gauge a market and you know we've actually converted eight of those uh, or we'll be converting eight of those to full-line stores in, in 2019 so so, you know, those are the the positives. You know, not a whole lot of negatives there. It's it's, it's a low risk way to uh, to build your brand, to build new guests, um, and and you know we 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 really like that as a as a strategy.
7: Okay, and then staying with marketing, you you signed Nick Foles during the quarter. And I was wondering if you could talk to that or if maybe this is a topic for the investor day. I apologize, but it would seem like um it, there's a little bit of a shift in terms of um the marketing um or or signing or finding brand ambassadors towards maybe more higher profile people. Could you maybe talk to that a little bit? Is is there a bigger budget for that now? Or how do how should we think about that from the outside? Thanks. Uh
3: thanks, Matt. Um yeah, no, we're excited with uh with the signing of Nick into the um elite ambassador. Family here at Lululemon, but I would indicate it's not—it's not a new strategy for us. We've, um, he's definitely a very high-profile athlete, uh, but uh, we're excited to have him. Uh, I, I think when when we look at our ambassador community of 2,000 plus strong and our global and elite ambassadors, it is an area that we're excited to continue to expand. Uh, we do not pay typical endorsement fees. We really look to partner. Uh, with uh, with athletes that uh, have uh, an alignment on values Uh, the athletes are authentic that they love the brand and collectively we come together uh, excited about the partnership and the potential impact that we can both have in the community uh, and with our guests living the sweat life and with Nick he's a wonderful ambassador and representative of those things so we're excited Uh, and it is an area that we think we can continue to expand on and we'll share more on the analyst day
7: perfect thank you very much for the color
1: our next question is from ike borachow with wells fargo please go ahead
7: Hi, uh, good afternoon, everyone. Let me have my congrats. Uh, just, I wanted to focus on international profitability. I don't know if this is for Stuart or, or, or PJ, but maybe can you, can you let us know uh, where international profitability kind of landed uh, at the end of this year? Any surprises, good or bad, on on where you're scaling um, both in Asia and, and in Europe? And then uh, kind of expectations maybe that's embedded in your guidance for the next 12 months um, on international margins.
4: Hey, I. It's Stuart, and I apologize. My... Voice is a little hoarse, um, but uh, let me. Uh, I'll try and give a little color on the profitability. We're not going to be able to break out the specifics, but what we can say is that um, we saw strong profitability in Asia and in Australia that more than offset um, the the operating loss that we saw in Europe. We're still probably a year and a half from breakeven in Europe. Uh, but really excited at the at the momentum that we're seeing in our European business uh, now. Um, and you know, as we mentioned on the call, you know we saw strong sequential trends uh, in both Asia and Europe. Uh, Asia up seventy percent, Europe up sixty percent in the fourth quarter. Uh, that was an acceleration sequentially from the third quarter. Um, and you know, as we also mentioned, we're going to open twenty-five to thirty stores uh, in twenty nineteen internationally. That's more than half of the total stores that will open as a as a company. The balance of those, or more than half of those, will be in Asia. Um, and we're seeing strong trends, strong comp trends, in both in China and broadly across Asia, as well as Australia and Europe. I would say in Europe, we've actually seen uh, an acceleration in our store comps uh, that's been exciting as we're reaching levels of brand awareness that we believe are now uh, helping us achieve that, that uh, faster pace of uh, of comp growth, um, but the uh, but overall, I think just the the, the store count uh, reflects the importance of this as one of our growth drivers. We'll certainly offer more details uh, at the analyst day, um, but it will uh, continue to be uh, an area where we're growing uh, our business disproportionate to North America uh, and the profitability. We're excited to see. Really reaching uh, a point where we're we're reaching an, a scale economies uh, situation in Asia, uh, in particular where we're now seeing very healthy uh, bottom line results. So um, we'll share more as I mentioned uh, on the Analyst Day, but that's uh, I think some headlines we can offer now.
6: And Stuart, could you just maybe talk about between Europe and Asia? Is there anything structural? Uh, that precludes uh, Europe from kind of scaling their margins to get, you know, I'm just kind of understanding why Europe is kind of lagging uh, in Asia, kind of the puts and takes.
4: Yeah, you know, we have uh, we have 21 stores in Europe right now. We have 34 in Asia. Uh, the stores in Asia uh, tend to have uh, a bigger sales volume um, uh, than we've seen in Europe. So it's really a function of uh, just the, the productivity of the store fleet um, you know, importantly, we're also investing aggressively in our digital business internationally. So we're going to open, or I should say we're going to launch new websites in France, Germany, China, Japan, and Korea, uh, all in the first half of this year, uh, which will dramatically improve our ability to engage with our guests in those regions digitally. Um, but really, it's just a point, it's a question of reaching uh, the, the volume in Europe to leverage um, the leverage, our overhead uh, investments there. So we're confident we'll, we'll get there, and uh, we're pleased with the progress we're seeing.
6: Thanks
1: a lot. Our next question is from Sharon Zakfia with William Blair. Please go ahead. Hi, good afternoon. I, I was hoping you could maybe talk about uh, North America and how the comps are trending in North America relative to the rest of the world and if you're still seeing healthy comp growth in North America, which I suspect you are, how does um, how does Asia in particular look relative to the U.S. or Canada at a similar age?
5: Yeah, hey Sharon, it's PJ. So, so I mean, North America obviously it's the bigger part of our business. You know, close close to you know it's 90 percent, right? So our 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 international is roughly 10 11 percent, but growing at a much faster rate so we you know we're actually you know seeing it start to move the needle so the the comp you know the comp is is driven uh primarily by by the US and Canada and we are seeing you know we're we're seeing you know traffic continue good traffic we're seeing good comp both both in store and online so um so you know really happy with the way north america has performed and continues to perform
4: So, Sharon and Stuart, from an international standpoint, uh, you know, our stores are younger, and you you would expect that they would comp at a higher rate in the first few years of their sort of lifespan as a comp store. Uh, That's the case in North America, and it's certainly also the case in our international markets. Um, We have... uh, um, you know, we still, we certainly have a brand awareness obstacle to overcome in our international markets, but as we're beginning to gain traction in our community efforts and our brand building efforts, we're seeing the comps, uh, accelerate particularly in Europe, as I mentioned, but we're seeing very healthy, strong comp trends across our international markets. That would be what you would expect. I think in terms of the, the relative age, uh, and cohort age cohort, if you will, of those, of those stores.
1: Our next question is from Dana Telsey with Telsey Advisory Group. Please go ahead. Good afternoon, and congratulations on the results. Can you talk a little bit about the loyalty? Pro- Hi. Can you talk a little bit about the loyalty program, the learnings from it, and is the package of the loyalty program is it the same or has it have been tweaked? And just on the product margin, ex- thoughts on product margin for 2019, and the, unpack the components of it and how you're looking at it. Thank you.
3: Uh, hi, Dan. It's uh, Kelvin. On um, the loyalty program, we've been very happy with the, uh, the test and pilot so far. Uh, as you know, we initially tested in Edmonton and we've just recently uh, tested in Denver. And our intent over the coming months is to select a few more markets and keep testing response from our guests has been very positive. It's exceeded our expectations in both markets. We did test um, a different price point in Denver. We launched at 128 Canadian in Edmonton. We tested 148 US in Denver uh, and saw wonderful take up. So sort of confirmed our thinking, which is there's real value uh, in the membership. Uh, The guest is understanding the value and the demand is there for us, so we're very encouraged, and we'll continue to test uh, as we look into expanding the program and ultimately leading into a national program uh, in uh, in the coming um, you know sort of uh, quarters to year.
5: And on your uh, on your gross margin uh, uh, question, Dana, so we do con- see continued upside in in the gross margin, specifically driven by product by product margin. Uh, you know, we've we've guided to you know modest expansion, and you know we have a lot of confidence confidence in that. You know, the, the the opportunity is coming from you know additional scale. It's coming from vendor diversification. It's coming from closer partnerships with existing vendors. You know, having transparency into cost we haven't we haven't necessarily had in the past, and it's also you know enhancing our our distribution network. So so we do see uh you know again continued continued expansion uh on the product side.
1: Thank you. Our next question is from Paul Lehuez with Citi. Please go ahead.
6: Hey thanks guys. Um just curious how you're thinking about uh F19 comms from a stores Versus ecom perspective. Uh, also, if uh, you can maybe share how you're thinking on North America versus international, and then just second the Soul Cycle partnership. Curious if you see any other opportunities to do something similar either in the U.S., Canada, uh,
5: or international. Thanks. So from a from a comp perspective, you know we 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 can't you know talk about too much beyond Q1 um, in full. You just broad strokes uh the the you know the same the traffic patterns we've seen all year both you know online and in store you know there's there's the split is is um you know we we would expect that to to continue um i don't know that there's any um you know any you know huge directional change uh either way but um but yeah, we you know we expect the stores to continue to comp well, and we, we're seeing the traffic to back that up. And certainly, our online business we're really excited about. Um,
3: and uh, Paul, on on the collaborations, uh, we're uh, you know we've done collaborations. We're excited when we do it both with uh, a sweat partner like SoulCycle. And yes, we continue to do more of these, and we have some exciting ones planned for 2019 that we'll be announcing and launching to our guests in the coming months. In addition, we also are excited about um, certain collaborations with, uh, with designers where we can bring their uh, particular view on aesthetic with our technical view on product, like the Robert Geller, and, uh, and we're seeing a wonderful response to that announcement Uh, And that product is pending to be launching very soon and and anticipate great demand as well as sort of the ability to attract a new uh, men's guest into our business. So collaborations have been forming well. Uh, We see them on both sweats and uh, and aesthetic uh, design partner opportunities. And it's bringing in a new guest and uh, expanding uh, the basket with our existing guests. So we'll continue to do them.
6: Great. Thank you. Good luck.
1: Our next question is from Paul Trussell with Deutsche Bank. Please go ahead. Uh, good afternoon. This is Gabby Carbone on for Paul. Um, congratulations on the quarter. Um, so our question is on the men's business. You're seeing very so, um, strong results there. What categories um, have the largest opportunities for growth? And then, would you discuss the opportunities to build to build out more co-located stores? And what are you seeing in terms of productivity at these stores versus the traditional format? Thanks.
4: Hey, Gabby, it's Stuart. Um, so we're really excited with the trend in our men's business. You know, as we mentioned, we, we offered a couple of nuggets in the prepared remarks. It's growing faster than our women's business. Um, our, uh, our men's pants uh, has been one of the fastest growing uh, categories within men's. Um, it's become an important way in which we acquire uh, new guys to the brand. Um, and at this point, it's larger actually than our, uh, our metal vent or our, our performance uh, tops business, uh, which had uh, prior to last year had been the, the largest category. So we're excited to see the trends uh, in men's pants. Um, outerwear has been another uh, success story for us in 2018. A huge uh, increase in our, 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 you know, admittedly small outerwear business in men's. Which just is an indication of us, indication to us rather, how big this business could be. So we're excited to introduce new styles in outerwear, uh, as well as in our performance business, um, and we'll have a nice balance between uh, our technical performance uh, styles as well as our what we call office travel commute styles, outerwear among them. So um, there's a lot of runway for us to continue to grow our men's business. You know we're just over 20% penetration today. Uh, We really believe uh, that Lululemon can be a dual gender brand uh, and that our men's business can ultimately be as big as our women's. Uh, And uh, from a channel standpoint, you mentioned co-located, that is uh, an important part of the story. Um, We see huge increases in our productivity of our co-located stores, which are essentially stores that are space constrained, very productive locations that we're able to either expand or find a larger location nearby so we can have a, a more uh, effective presentation of our men's product and, uh, and have an environment that's more appealing to guys to shop in. Uh, so we're seeing, uh, you know, increases. You know, for example, in our, in our Mall of America location, where we expanded the square footage from 3,000 to 5,000 square feet, uh, we doubled the size of our men's shop there, and we saw our sales uh, in men's up 80%. Uh, with essentially the same inventory. Now, every every collocated expansion is not that successful, but that's a good example of uh, of, of the of the success that we've seen. Um, but it it is an important part of the of the story for Men's uh, and our North American uh, foot, store footprint broadly. And we're and we're still testing just how deep we can go in the portfolio with that strategy.
1: Great, thank you so much for the color. Our next question is from Kimberly Greenberger with Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead. Great. Thank
7: you so much. Um, Stuart, my question is on international. Um, I'm wondering, the the international sales growth rate seems to um, be hitting uh, more broadly in inflection, particularly in Europe over the last year or so. And I was wondering if you could just talk about – you know, I'm sure there are many contributing factors, but what do you think is driving that inflection? And uh, understanding that, you know, North America, the brand started out as a women's brand and it's growing in men's. Uh, it, it, it was sort of a dual gender brand, for example, when you when you brought it to Asia, are you seeing maybe higher penetration in men's in Asia uh, relative to North America or any other learnings on the international front with regard to men's? Thanks so much.
4: Yeah. Thanks, Kimberly. Good questions. Um, you know what I would say is uh, we have a really strong team in Europe, uh, led by Gareth Pope, our GM there, and Gareth has done a lot of great work over the last you know couple of years to uh, reposition, if you will, a number of our uh, of our stores, you know, or the real estate strategy broadly in Europe, and uh, we've we've found success uh, in Gareth's leadership there. Uh, and we continue to invest behind it. And as I mentioned, the, the we've, been, we've been patient and deliberate in the community building activities in Europe. Uh, it's taken us a bit longer than we originally expected, uh, but we're now starting to see traction and momentum there uh, from a guest acquisition and brand awareness standpoint, which we believe is uh, what we attribute the, the acceleration and in the, in the comp in Europe to so we're we're thrilled to see that trend, uh, and we'll be evaluating just you know how we continue to invest behind that the strategies that Gareth and the team have set in Europe. Um, and then a good question around men's and how we think about that internationally. We do have the opportunity to to introduce the brand as a dual gender business, dual gender brand in these international markets where we're not as well known, obviously. Um, And we've taken steps to do that. I would say the mix of business is not remarkably different uh, in our international markets versus North America. We still hold that as an opportunity. um, And we're we're evaluating how uh, in markets uh, like Asia, we can show up uh, with a, a, a stronger men's positioning. Um, and that's something we can talk more about when we're together at the Analyst Day.
1: Great. Thanks, Stuart. Our next question is from Jay Sol with UBS. Please go ahead.
6: Great. Thanks so much. i you know, just kind of curious about the guidance for 1Q. Um, can you just talk about how the Easter shift might be impacting your business in terms of, like, you know, just what kind of natural lift you expect in April from where you are today? Um just because of how the calendar falls this year.
5: Yeah, so uh, you know, we would see that that's a good thing, right? Because you have that that extra week and you know the the so we are we would see we would expect um you know the better part the best part of the quarter, you know, yet to come and having that that late Easter is is you know hugely beneficial.
1: Okay, thanks so much. Our next question is from Mark Altschweiger with Baird. Please go ahead.
6: Great. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my question. Um, Just circling back to the trend with the co-located stores and the expanded stores, uh, I apologize if I missed it, but can you talk about how you're thinking about the pace of renovations and expansions in 2019 and beyond? And then I think the success with those, that initiative speaks to some of the constraints you have in the smaller stores in terms of merchandising the expanding assortment, especially in meds. Maybe talk about some of the digital and omnichannel strategies you're leaning into to ensure you're fully capturing that opportunity from the broadening assortment.
3: Thanks. Thanks, Mark. On the uh, co uh, we've seen very positive results. Uh, in in 2018 and our intent for 2019 is to maintain the number which is in and around 20 we are planning to open uh, more new doors uh, this year in the 40 to 50 range with China uh, picking up a disproportionate number of those incremental doors so overall the amount of incremental square footage is in the mid teen growth range which is up from 2018 And that's all positive based on uh, how the guests responding to our assortment, our ability to express our assortment in more locations, and um, are really pleased with the mix. In addition, as you mentioned, uh, we are looking to expand on our Omni innovation. We have a very strong BBR. Uh, program, and that is where our stores access our uh, extended uh, assortment online in order for the guests to either have it shipped to the store for pickup and or to the guest home, and uh, very very pleased with the results of that, and that continues to grow uh, year over year and does help in our smaller doors, but it also helps in our uh, larger doors as well as we continue to add to our assortment uh, and breadth of categories. On buy online, pick up in store, we tested that over the holiday period in around 35 doors. We're pleased with the results. We're rolling that out across the network and we plan to be across all doors by holiday 2019, which will give us a uh, a wonderful opportunity to promote uh, and move that further up in the guest journey and experience online to make it very clear and aware that that service exists. But uh, those Omni initiatives, combined with how we're approaching our store fleet, both are going to be contributing to uh, the momentum uh, this year.
6: That's great. And then I think in the prepared remarks, you mentioned a, a goal of 50% digital penetration longer term. Um, I guess maybe without previewing too much from the analyst stage, i curious how you think about that pathway to 50%. Um, you know, how much of it's coming from your mature markets versus um, – maybe higher digital penetration in some of your, uh, your new international markets. Uh,
3: thanks, for, uh, thanks for clarifying uh, through your question, Mark. That reference was to our business, particularly in China. We see our uh, our dot-com business achieving a 50% ratio. We're very excited about our digital direct-to-consumer business overall, and we'll share at the analyst day how we view that across all markets. But that particular statement was linked to China.
6: Uh, Thanks for the clarification. Um, Best of luck and see you in April.
3: Thank
1: you. Our next question is from Jamie Merriman with Bernstein. Please go ahead. Thanks very much. Thanks for taking the question. Um, My question was actually about digital as well. Um, You know, your margins in digital are, you know, frankly, um, extremely impressive and, and I don't know that I've seen them elsewhere in the industry. Um, so I was wondering, you know, are there investments that you still need to make as you scale that business up further, as as penetration increases, or, you know, as you see that mix shift continue, um, you know, would you expect to be able to maintain margins at, at that, you know, fr- frankly, again, you know, fantastic level? Thanks.
4: Hey, Jamie, it's Stuart. Um, we're, uh, we are very happy with our digital margins, and as we grow that business faster, uh, it is accretive uh, to our, our overall operating margin um, the uh, you know and I think as there are specifics within our business you know our return rates in particular are very low which helps explain why we enjoy a better uh, a better rate margin rate online than other companies um, but the uh, but the, what I would say in terms of the as we look forward uh, and what investments we need to make um you know we we don't we don't feel like we're world champions yet in, uh, in just digital e-commerce and there's a lot of uh, opportunities we see uh, with the website with uh, social media with digital marketing where we can do much better and so the upside there is uh, a nice runway of, uh, of revenue growth uh, on our in our digital business so um, so we're excited about that
2: Thanks,
4: operator
2: operator we'll take one more question
1: Certainly. Our last question is from Rafay Jadrosic with Bank of America Merrill Lynch. Please go ahead.
3: Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my question. I I wanted to just follow up on on, um, some of your comments about the innovation pipeline. At the beginning of the call, you mentioned category expansion um, opportunities. Can you just give a little bit more color what's happening there? And then for 2019, will you be launching any new fabrics, or is there opportunity to expand up some of your existing fabrics into into more categories thanks thanks Rafi um, much of that will be sharing at the analyst day but what I will uh, queue up is to one uh, from a fabric standpoint um, you know we're excited with uh, with the continual performance of our existing equally we see opportunity in sharing well-performing technical fabrics across both men's and women's uh, which is a big opportunity for us Uh, And we'll share how we're approaching innovation on that analyst day, as well as a lot of the categories that we're looking to expand. The one that I will tee up, uh, which will be in market prior to us meeting in April, is uh, Run and our Run campaign, which, you know, we're excited about building on the success of yoga as a a key sweat for us. You know, Run is an opportunity for us to continue to grow with our existing guests. Stuart mentioned some of the success of our events, both physical and digital, and our assortment in being known as a run destination for apparel, technical apparel, both for men's and women's is a large opportunity. And uh, we'll be launching in the next week uh, an exciting campaign that will start to build the awareness uh, around that sweat activity. And we see a lot of uh, exciting future growth potential behind that as well. More to share at the Analyst Day.
4: Great, thank
6: you.
1: This concludes the time allocated for our question-and-answer session. I would now like to turn the conference back over to the presenters for any closing remarks.
2: Thanks, everybody, for your interest, and we look forward to seeing many of you in New York uh, next month at our Analyst Day. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.
1: This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating, and have a pleasant day.